Hi, everyone. Welcome back to finally another episode of Midnight Blues and Other Musings. Um, I am reporting from the Czech Republic in Prague. I just got back from Berlin, had a really nice weekend. Um, the train ride here back from, you know, from Berlin was awesome. Um, I got kicked off of my seats, had to move three times. It was very eventful. Yes, <sighs> so, 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 so eventful. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Well, I also had an eventful you did. weekend, you know, Halloween weekend. I'm a college oh student. Gosh you know, go hard or go home. And, you know, I fit in, I fit in skating into my schedule, you mm-hmm. know, like figure skating first, Halloween parties. What were you for Halloween? What was I for Halloween? I, so today I like, okay, I just like wore lingerie as like a top. And like, I, Ingr- <laughs> no, like in Berlin, cause like no one dressed up at all in any of the clubs. And then the next Germans day. are so I, lame. I know Berlin was like, honestly, like not, I'd say Prague is more fun. They, like, um, Berlin is still riding that 1919 culture of defeat from World War I. <laughs> yeah, so I just like put blood all over my face, like fake blood today. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, and I just like, did I, all, yeah. I, so, I gotta say this, the lingerie, the most iconic quote. In girl world, Halloween is the only night of the year where a girl can dress like a total slut and no one can say anything about it. She'll put on a pair of lingerie and animal ears and call it a costume. Like, yeah. And I stand yes. that quote. I no, I agree. Every single weekend, Nilla lives by that quote, quote okay? Um, I firmly believe that girls should wear whatever the hell they want every single weekend when they go out. And you should take example from me because I was fully wearing a lingerie top and I looked hot and all girls look hot. So yeah, so I had a pretty good weekend. Um, I'm back in Prague and I just put blood over my face. Um, we organized like, this little get together upstairs. We watched Beetlejuice and we like decorated the whole place with Halloween decorations and everything. And it was really awesome. And it was my roommate's birthday. So Berlin was like, Berlin was like, okay. And uh, next weekend I'm taking a train to Budapest and I will also be at Cup of Austria. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. I'm excited to see Wakaba and you know, my other favorite skaters, uh, Laurence and Nick. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about skate canada and um later on in this episode we might add a little bit of our thoughts on skate america but we are primarily going to talk about skate canada because i think that like on twitter we've kind of said what we wanted to say about um that competition from last week so we're first going to start about we're first going to start on ladies um so yes what are your thoughts? i also want to take the moment to hype up our twitter we are live tweeting uh, most competitions, uh, most of the skaters, you know, giving our thoughts. Also, you know, if you want to get the perspective of someone else in terms of live updates, we are always there. Our Twitter is at M-B-A-O-M podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always fun, always a ball. I recommend, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we have fun. I, I love our updates. I always come back and I feel so professional live tweeting, but ladies, oh my gosh. So I want to take us back on a journey to June 2021 when we got the Grand Prix assignments from ISU and everyone was like, oh my God, Skate Canada. Like I have one fear. Skate Canada is going to be so intense, so crazy. I don't think we should ever predict anything ever again because this is possibly one of the most boring Grand Prix I've ever seen in my entire life with such a stacked lineup. Like I think like most... I think all of the skaters, except for like three girls out of the 12 there had like gone to worlds or won a medal at a significant international competition in the last four years. Um, Very boring. 
I'm quite disappointed in the lack of um, excitement. And honestly, like, it's just like me and like say Canada was like so much more fun. So that was just like my overall thoughts. Mm-hmm. You could start with Camilla, obviously. Um, you know, I hate to do this, but I really do feel like we're seeing the um, Olympic moment appear closer and closer. Um, again, just not ahead of her pre-program, but she did what she needed to do. And in terms of TES, like she had over a hundred points and so close to 200 with her free skate score. Like if she had, like she would have gotten second in the men's competition and would have beat Nathan Chen if she had the male PCS factoring, which I think is really, really remarkable um, mm-hmm. considering she is like a lady skater. And I think that's like really awesome, but I still like just really did not enjoy her performances. Um, I don't feel like Bolero is the right vehicle for her as a program. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if it is an Olympic program, I think it's quite, it's going to pale in comparison to those in the past, but there's nothing you can do. Short program was good, but I think she had that small mistake on the axle, I believe, Mm. because she was scored much differently than Alyssa and had the singing um, technical. Um, there was like no error on the triple axle, but I thought her triple axle honestly looked bad. Um, it did not look good. Um, if like I'm, I'm actually watching it right now, and um, like her her landing is just like so abrupt, and like the like my god, like the the amount of just like harsh force on her ankles that must have that landing must have taken on her ankle like that. It, it did not look good first of all, and like her. So she did got plus, you know, 1.6. So it wasn't like, I guess, totally egregious, but it wasn't, it really, really, really was not a good triple axle. Um, and yeah, so she did do triple axle, triple flip, and a triple lutz, triple toe. Uh, her PCS was 36.15. And next we're going to be talking about Lisa Tukdamishiva. Um, triple axle, triple lutz, triple toe, uh, triple flip, overall clean program. Oh my God, PCS 35.51 that is Ridiculous. like like she was getting nines from judges First, I, I always not be getting above six in like anything skating skills, I always transitions nothing I know I always think of the tweet where they're like remember like five is supposed to be average like <laughs> like genuinely like I don't like I think we should like I like this, remi- this like, reminds me a lot of like when IGS was implemented like people went crazy with PCS like I think like I think the like the I stance like world record scores under IGS were like not beat until like the last competition of in I stance the last competition of the compulsory just because like the scores were so insane the first time out that like no one like everyone was like oh shit like maybe we shouldn't be giving people tens every time like that seems bad uh, it's just like so like egregious and it's like really sucked the joy out of skating and the excitement for me um you know I think the terrification of figure skating is something that's like great for Russia but I don't know if it's great for the health of the sport long term mm-hmm. um that is something I've been thinking about lately like domination is never good for any sport and like you know like there's salary caps and like a lot of big professional sports there's like regulation changes um figure skating doesn't really have that like it's just things just like spiral and spiral and spiral and now we're this era of like hyperinflation for figure Mm -hmm. skating and 
I don't see a path where things are reset. Yeah. It, one thing that really pisses me off when it comes to, when it specifically comes to Lisa Tukamusheva is that a lot of, there seems to be this sort of justification for her scores, especially from figure skaters themselves, simply because she is on the older side in lady skating, like as though that's somehow any way a justification for egregiously high scores. And I don't exactly understand too, like when they make these comments, because are we watching the same skating, like the telegraph jumps, like the, like, just like, she's just skating around the rink. And like, other than her Lutz edge, I, I don't care for her jumps at all, really. Um, and of course, like I do, you know, I, I, I do admire that she has, you know, been skating for this long and is, is sort of able to gain momentum in a world where Atari skaters are um, really should technically be the only ones who have a shot at the Olympic team. But right now, I would say my predictions for the Olympic team are currently uh, Camila, uh, Lisa, and Sasha. What about you, Cece? Yeah, I agree. I think um, that's a pretty solid outing. I think if, I think the European team, I, I do think they're going to wait until after Europeans to make the official team though, just because like they have the ability to, you know, as we saw in 2019, make people compete until the 11th hour to mm -hmm. make sure that who they are sending to the big international competition yeah. of the year is, you know, who's going to like put out their best thing that like they made uh, Zenia and Liza compete at all those random Russian competitions to decide who was going to get the last world spot because mm -hmm. um, I think they wanted to take Sophia off the team but they couldn't do that after she won Europeans mm -hmm. um I think 11th hour I think we could very re realistically see you know two spots being locked Sasha and Camilla and then making the rest of the girls um you know Liza you know I think I think Maya you know I'm always on that Maya yeah, gold medalist train um, and maybe Aliona, depending on how, her, like, those are the three that I see kind of pushing them to compete at, like, maybe Russia Cup final, um, yeah. if that's after nationals, uh, make them go to random competitions in the winter. Um, if, if they want to, they could even take, like, Sasha or Camilla out of Europeans and send yeah. someone else to, to compare them, like they did in 2019 when they sent Stasia and uh, Stasia. Uh, Sophia and Alina to Europeans to see yeah. how Stasi would compare and then they took her out because she didn't do well. Yeah. Um, I think those are all just like, I think Russia has the ability and there's a lot of competitions they can send the girls to to compare them through. But at this moment in time, I would place money on a Sasha, um, Sasha, Camilla, Liza um, Olympic team with Sasha and Camilla doing the team event. So my thoughts right now are currently Lisa and Camila doing a team event, Lisa doing this short program, simply because Sasha truly cannot, for her life, solidly do a clean short program. And Rushfed knows this. Like this is a recurring mm -hmm. problem and, and it has been for seasons. And even when, um, I mean, it's, it's just like always been a problem, especially when Aliona was just like outwardly beating her massively in the short program. And um, obviously Aliona, Aliona like really has like, like she has nothing on even Lisa. Like Lisa's PCS was enough to tell me that Aliona has, she's going to be like seventh at Russian nationals. And it like breaks my heart to say this mm -hmm. because, um, I'm sure like listeners know this, like 
we are both big fans of Aliona and um, her kind of downwards like trajectory post post COVID and also like the coaching change. Um, I, I really like, I don't really want to like knock her for her performances while, you know, in the, in the first half of that season when she did move to Evgeny Plushenko, but that second half of the season when she was recurring, recovering from COVID, that was bad. And we've really never seen her come back. And it's just like, she is a specific and unique case of a figure skater who, my God, with a snap of the fingers, everything was just like on a downwards trajectory for her. It's like, yeah, it is just mind boggling to think that she is a Grand Prix champ, Grand Prix final and European champion. And she got a 35, 34.11 in PCS for a short program. But I don't really think that this was unfair. Um, what yeah. she put out in the short program was not good. Um, that step sequence, that was really was really labored. good and uh, incredibly labored uh, you know a lot of lot of lot of flat edges um in her step sequence mm-hmm. um the confidence really really wasn't there i say that she did look a little more confident with this short program than the beth hart one and i do kind of like it um i think it's it's a, i think the beth hart piece was honestly dreadful i don't think it was like an enjoyable piece of music to listen to yeah. um but i will say uh I did like Lovely, even over the summer when we did see, the, or over the spring, summer when uh, Ateri um, Sambo 70 was doing those shows. I really did like Lovely, but she just looked utterly defeated. Um, she had absolutely no confidence. And, and you know, I'm not even trying to like psychoanalyze her because, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, from practice reports saying that she was like sobbing after making that mistake on the triple axle and just seeing her general demeanor while doing her free skate like that does not give me a lot of hope and uh, what she put out was not great uh, she was incredibly slow she was behind with the music uh, it wasn't particularly good um, triple axles under rotated is what it is but really I, I am I'm sure that her PCS is messing with her but unfortunately it is going to take a lot a lot of work and confidence in training for her to get better with the program components because that is what Aliana Kosternaya banks on because unfortunately she doesn't have the tech to bank on anymore it's not 2019 2020 season and it breaks my heart to say this but every other lady had a triple axel at this competition um yeah there were seven triple axles yeah uh, including Hayen, who is incre- an incredible skater. I know. Yeah. Um, but and, and like girls are doing triple axles and we're getting like bottom six of the competition. Yeah. Like I like this is like not like we are in we are embarking into a new era of figure skating that we've been talking about for years and years and years where, you know, every girl has a triple axle, like every girl has a quad, you know, like there are just like people just like, it's just, it's just a new era that we're finding ourselves in. And I think it's going to be difficult to adapt, but like skaters have to, if they want to compete and stay competitive. And I think also with Aliona, I also want to bring up the fact, you know, I think COVID does, is affecting her, like obviously performance wise and that her mentally like long COVID is real. And like, like there are like athletes that have like COVID never recovered. And I'm not looking, looking at things, but you know, like I think COVID just like, really messed with her performance wise um health wise emotional wise like 
you know, it's hard to sit out and see other people be successful. And um, it's just like not great. And I don't really think at this point in time, she's going to be able to, you know, be on that Olympic team and place well at nationals again, like what you said, I think a seventh place at nationals, especially because Russia has for juniors compete um, is probably the best she's going to get. And it's, you know, the best example I can think of a skater who really was like peaked to do all these really good things, had everything going for her, the momentum, the jumps, the performance, she had everyone behind her and everything just like came crashing down the ground. Like, I really do think at this point in time, she will go down as the skater who, you know, the, uh, the, the best that like never was just because like two years ago, she was peaked to win the Olympics and now we're not even sure if she'll go, which is just, and I, I, I don't know. I just wish with all my heart that she could get it together. And I think also part of it is she needs to get it together and practice too. A Terry decides who, who gets what at each competition. Um, I think that's all part of it as well. So, yeah. It, it really doesn't break my heart to see like reports of her being ignored in practice or just like her just doing triple axles and not succeeding with it and not getting any help. Like, just think about how incredibly dangerous that is and demoralizing to a mm-hmm. skater who was once number one in the world. Um, thinking about what Worlds 2020 could have done for her career. Um, and really with COVID, like that just came falling down. And it does really suck to think about simply because over the summer, I don't know if I was just, I really don't know if I was delusional for thinking this, but I truly had hope that Aliona would be able to get to like that number two or number three within Russia. And right now, I think that she might be seventh or sixth at nationals. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think she'll probably be fourth or fifth amongst the seniors. Well, just thinking about the juniors that will- Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, but like if you took out the juniors, I think she'll be fourth or fifth. Um, But moving on, um, we saw- My Mihara. My Mihara, amazing. That free skate was incredible. Like from like from the second group to end up fourth and I think she got third in the free skate Mm -hmm. overall um that's honestly or third or fourth in the free skate overall I think that's really really awesome like huge move for her to coming back you know she hasn't been in international competitions since Mm -hmm. 2019 um incredible I really love both of her programs they do her Mm -hmm. so well Mm -hmm. and I love watching her skating because like you know now we're finding, you know, is the skater going to land the jump? Are they going to fall? Are they, is this um, layout too difficult, you know, under rotations? And with Mai, there's no question. You know she's going to go out there. She's going to perform and every jump is going to be rotated. And I think judges really appreciate that. And she's really reaping the benefits of that consistency. You know, judges are humans too. And, you know, when you get that clean skate, you know, they want to reward you with that. And watching people mess up makes people stressed. They don't want it. They're not, they're not as positively inclined time after time. You know, if you're watching a skater and you're like, Oh, are they gonna, are they going to melt down? Are they going to have a good skate? It makes you like, like them less. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so happy for Maya that she's had this moment. I, I, a little part of me wishes she could have meddled, but I think fourth place is, I think as good, as good as a medal for her, especially going forward um, with Rika, not on the senior grand prix, you know, Wakaba, this, uh, this weekend and do fantastic and Sotoko as well at Skate America. So I think right now she's the highest scoring Japanese lady on the Grand Prix, um, which will definitely help her going into nationals. 
Uh, I think Kyrie will be fine only because I truly believe that she was just like being punished. Oh, I forgot about I, I forgot about Kyrie. Lol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyrie is just like I, I absolutely love her, but I think that her placement was kind of necessary because that program was one of the most horrendous things I've ever had to that I've ever been forced to lay my eyes on. That was so bad. Like yeah, Benoit, that was so bad. That is like. You should feel ashamed as a choreographer who gets to work with such a beautiful skater like Kauri. That is not good. So I think Kauri will be fine with the next few competitions, but it will be so awesome to see Kauri and uh, May hopefully on a podium together, especially because we do know Rika is very injured and um, Wakaba, I will say I do have a lot of confidence for her simply because she did land that triple axle. Um, and that was awesome to see. And it was really good to see her kind of recover from mistakes. And that's what mm -hmm. we love to see in skaters. It's something that I see in Wakaba, who's totally able to do that, versus Aliona, who one mistake will just yes, yes. her entire program because she's already having issues with confidence. She makes one mistake. She just looks like she doesn't want to skate anymore. And I really love that about Wakaba. And Wakaba truly has olympic set of programs i love lion king so much what an awesome awesome score her and my incredible programs i love it i love them me That's too and also i think this is also great for wakaba because for so long it's been like will she do the clean free program will she do the two sets of semi-clean i mean i'm gonna call the free skate clean it was it was pretty clean yeah yeah um uh, like so long like she has not been able to do that in a long 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 time Hearing about the triple axle for years and years and years and years you know I have this I talked about I talked about this um like on Twitter and with friends and stuff but like about Amber you know like you have to do the jump you're talking about like if, if you fall that's okay you have to show that you're actually doing it and landing it if you can land it on social media um and I think for this block of like everyone's like okay like okay, we're listening. Like we are seated in front of you and ready for what you have to do and we will support you yeah. because you have to, and I think this is gonna be such, such an important moment for her in her career. Like, yes, she didn't end up on the podium behind my, but I think Wakaba pushed herself a little bit more technically. And I think that, that will pay out later in the season, you know, as it progresses, especially with Rika at a commission currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say that, I, I love my so much, but the under-rotated jumps did make me a little like, hmm, question mark, simply because Wakaba did skate a relatively very clean program and mm -hmm. didn't have rotation issues. Um, and it does make me simply a bit worried that, wow, like Wakaba is, is really having difficulty with the Japanese Skating Federation. Like, and I really mm -hmm. hope that she ups that momentum from this competition because at IDF, Cup of Austria, I really, really, really would love to see clean skates from her um, because mm -hmm. that's necessary for her to be on that Olympic team. And um, we did see Mana. Mana was incredible. I loved her. I loved her skating. Gorgeous triple axle. One of the highlights of this competition for me. Um, yeah. Uh, Alyssa, um, seventh in the free skate overall. Uh, and... <sighs> You know, again, in a similar way that I'm going to, like I talked about Aliona, when you see someone go from like, you know, what, a top skater in juniors, mm -hmm. kind of just like really, really suffering from 
the effects of, you know, COVID and Aliona's case and, you know, growth and, and the pandemic and everything. And you see skaters and an injury in Alyssa's case, like it is, it is tough to see, but um, Massimo and Jeremy have done so, so, so much work with her and she's, she's a beautiful skater. Um, and I really, yeah. really, really do hope that her next competition is more successful because unfortunately it is what it is, but, um, yeah, Karen really, really. Yeah, that was rough. And I want to go back to Alyssa one sec. Yeah. Yeah. I have just, I have decided, I think the short program is a fantastic vehicle for Alyssa yeah. free program. I have decided, I think, and it took some time. And I think the problem is that they need to work on the non-smiling. And I've said this a lot, but it, it really irritates me. The fact that Alyssa smiles throughout sad music. Mm-hmm. It's like, especially since like she's working with Massimo, she's working with, Car- with Carolina, like you're working with serious artists mm-hmm. figure skating. Like there's no longer an excuse. And it's okay when you're little and you're 13 years old or when you're 15 or whatever, but like Alyssa wants to be the top US lady. And I think that's something that really something so, so small that could have such like, a big aspect on her performance. I just don't think the free program is just the right vehicle for them. The short program though, I adore. It's mm-hmm. so good. Probably one of my favorite programs of the year just because it's upbeat and the choreography just fits her so well. Um, but just that free program, it just doesn't like inspire confidence for Alyssa, especially since she is struggling. And as you said, like every time there's a free program, I'm like, man, I remember when Alyssa used to do three quads and triple axles, like, time has flown it's just I don't know I guess in figure skating you don't really see ups and downs of this like height but I guess this is the era of the ultra sea jumps you know people have them when they're have them when they're young or they go through those phases where they are fit and then they get injured or grow and they just don't have them anymore um it's just like a new I guess emotion we have to get used to yeah um but Karen yeah that was really rough um I worry about her next competition since Karen is kind of a skater that, you know, builds off of her previous competitions. You know, Nats went really, really strong for her in January and she delivered at Worlds. This could definitely take the wind out of her sails and I hope it doesn't because she does have so much to give. But, you know, with Alyssa, with Amber, Mariah, with with Lindsay Thorngren even. Um, yeah, or Polina Edmonds. Or Polina Edmonds of, of the quad. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I feel like Brady was kind of the Paulina last time, you know, like super unknown. In America, she had that like, you know, Disney princess moment. Um, oh my God, the Cinderella. I actually unironically love the Cinderella program. I'm like, the, like, this is embarrassing. Like, please don't look at it. But like when the skate America, like 2017 uh, free skate video of her was like posted, like I commented, like just like waxing poetic about Brady. To no. I'm <laughs> not even joking. Just like going on about how she's like she's like this Disney princess on ice and like it is <laughs> oh my god because I honestly no. really love that moment like it was it was, no, it was so fun and like also I think people when people complain about that program they forget when Brady chose that program she was thinking oh like I'm gonna try and do like top 10 at nationals this year mm-hmm. she was not thinking about the Olympics people like there was there are layers to this but I like I ironically love the Disney the, the Cinderella Disney princess moment with the crown and the hair oh it was so it was such a moment mm-hmm. um but yeah I just I worry for Karen and I hope she's able to come back from this um I think also she really got dinged on the under rotations too we were doing Shinamano's spirit was in the building in oh Vancouver. yeah very 
her, I would say like she was incredibly overscored in the short program, but my God, that was a rough, mm-hmm. free, that was a really rough free skate. So yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, uh, why don't we talk about ice dance? Our, our favorite, yes. favorite, our favorite discipline. So uh, first Grand Prix victory for Piper and Paul. Um, very exciting for them. Yeah. Wish they could have done it with better programs, but you know, beggars cannot be choosers. Um, you know, Skate Canada is obviously trying to get them that bronze medal. And I really am annoyed with, you know, with the UFSFSA right now because both Bach and Maddie and Zach have so much more to offer than Piper and Paul, you know, in programs, in technique, in performance, like, yes, Bach are slow, but like, at least they're interesting to watch. Um, and so that's just something that I'm like kind of annoyed that the United States won't get their shit together and is playing this like, oh my God, like internal competition game. Like, no, pick a team and stick to it. Because as we saw, Skate Canada and Russia are working together, you know, in their, and that goes to the ice dance as well, because Piper and Paul don't want gold. They are working for bronze now. They know that. And that's, and they are anti-gabois, which is why we ended up with the re- this insanity this weekend um this the pol- politicking i've i'm aghast frankly at the audacity of it all um you know i have lots of things to talk about but i think skate canada finally got their politicking together but i think they're also burning a lot of bridges in the process and my reasoning is is the Gadboy teams were buried this weekend like CPOM didn't bring a hundred in the free skate. They were like eighth, they were eighth overall. They were eighth overall, didn't bring a hundred in the free skate. They literally like were like on junior. I think they were that more in juniors. I mean, Marjorie and Zach as well, like Skate Canada hasn't been supporting them at all. Which, like they're being beaten by teams that they should be beating by like at least 10 points. Um, you know, Diana Davis, Gleb Smolkin, 180.57 overall score just like let that let that sink in let that sink in. yeah 180 like absolutely ridiculous and I think and I'm gonna like this is just my take on things but I think say Canada is making a really like serious mistake for the future because with this like I think Marie France could have understood like a Piper and Paul win you know it's necessary for skate Canada like she's Canadian she wants to see Canadian survive but I don't think they needed to bury the Gabois skaters because now Marie France knows that she can't trust Skate Canada. And what's going to happen when Skate Canada needs feds from other countries to support them in the future? Mm-hmm. Also, Carol Lane is not the future of Canadian ice dance or ice dance in general. Carol Lane has Piper and Paul and some juniors and some senior teams that are like not even on the Grand Prix. So mm-hmm. that is that is her camp. Marie France, on the other hand, has um six world titles in ice dance um two olympic medals mm-hmm. um you know she's been they've been training they've pretty much dominated the podium for the last you know eight years she has all three of the top american teams mm-hmm. you know she has a team for every single fed she's a walking model united nations uh-huh. um and you know she has like she has all the countries in her pocket you know she got that um azerbaijan team and that italian team too which will probably come in helpful in the future um but i just i just think canada is so dumb prior like not like i think the prior not the prior prioritization of piper and paul but the fact that they had to do it 
by like hosing the Gabois teams, I think they're gonna make an enemy out of Marie France and she's not someone who you want on your bad side just because of the politicking power she does hold with that many countries. Okay. No, no other camp has that many countries in their pocket. Um, and she also has the future of Canadian ice dance. Like she has um, two senior teams who are probably gonna be second and third at Canadian Nats and go to the Olympics. Um, she has strong junior teams. You know, she won, she won junior um, world titles with Marjo and Zach. Um, I just don't really see this hosing of Cabois helpful for Canada's future in any way. Um, you know, with every single like critique of Skate Canada being they have no idea how to plan for the future. And this event I see as like shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, 100%. That was really long, sorry. No, no, go off. You were completely correct. And you had much more intelligent thoughts to say about Ice Dance than I did. Um, uh, Cece nailed it, absolutely nailed it. I agree with everything she said. Um, this was an incredibly dumb move on Skate Canada's part. Uh, Unfortunately, Carol Lane really doesn't have a this this uh, pool of skaters who are going to be the future of Canadian skating, as sad as that is. Um, Marie France, she is not going to be compelled to be working with Canadian skaters after this season. I really don't see it happening. Um, just yeah. thinking about the amount of... She- the amount of top American skaters that she could potentially work with. Like, I'm also just thinking about the American juniors that she could potentially coach in the future versus mm-hmm. Canadian juniors who really aren't being supported by Skate Canada other than Nat and Bruce. And I really don't see Nat and Bruce leaving t- Toronto. Uh, so no, um, Marie France like truly has has her pick of any skater she wants. So um, Cece nailed it. I will say one of my favorite moments of this weekend was uh, Charlene and Mar- uh, uh, Marco's rhythm dance and uh, Marco calling out the judges, uh, implying that they were 100% underscored. And uh, if anyone is also a fan of Marco and Charlene, you know how incredibly talented they are. And it's always really, really sad and pathetic to see how low their scores are. I'm just like, like looking at the margin, uh, the scoring margin, 210.97 for Piper and Paul, for Charlene and Marco, 200.05. And Piper and Paul's programs, like CC said, not the best. Um, Elvis, I don't hate it. I think it's like, okay. I think it's like very them. It's campy and it's fun. And I love the costumes, but that free dance is, I, I just, I can't get into it. And I really, really want them to bring back Vincent, the Starry Night program, but I don't know. Do you think they're going to do it? See, okay, people have been saying this, and I actually have, like, the amount of, like, calls to, like, return to programs lately has been, like, really, like, not, like, bad, just, like, an observation. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that going back to an old, and, like, this isn't aimed at you. Like, this is mostly about, like, single skaters. Like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, like, what a Terry girl is going to go back to an old program. I don't think going back to an old program solves mistakes. I think the mistakes are there for a reason. And going back to an old comfortable program means that you're not actually like changing your mindset and not actually like making a change. You're just returning to something that you know. Um, Like I like that, like, especially mid season changes are like, have never like gone well, in my opinion, like, Caitlin and Andrew went from that horrible gladiator free scratch and then went back to Je Suis Malade for 2018, six years after they did it. And they like did pretty badly at Canadian nationals um, and not, not, and not 
and not as well as I would like at the Olympics. Um, just like for an ice dance example of someone going back from a program that was a long time ago. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if like that's just like an observation I have, but I agree this program is really horrible. I think it's worse than the Joni Mitchell last year. Um, I just don't think that this output is great and the skiing is meh. Yeah. Um, but you know, Canada's got to go for that bronze medal. They've got to try and salvage the quad somehow. Um, like, oh my God, did you read that? Did you read that op-ed in the Star about um, Eric Radford and Vanessa James? I did. I did. By Rosie. Brutal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Rosie left. She went straight for the jugular. She let no like. It was brutal, but honestly deserved. Sweetheart, they're so good. Sweetheart, they're just so good. They're doing their exhibition now. Back to Ice Dance. Um, Olivia Smart and um, Adria. I actually love their Zorro free dance. But so surprise bronze for them. I think they're on track for the Olympics this year. Um, I don't even think it's a question anymore. Sarah um, no. and Curl have not been looking their greatest. And it's a big shame. Um, but I will say I do... I'm very, very happy that they got their moment and they got to go to the Olympics in 2018 because it will soften the blow um, because mm-hmm. Olivia and Audrey are, are definitely going to the Olympics. Their free dance yeah. is looking really, really good. Um, and I've never been a fan of their skating. I really haven't. And I don't think I really will ever be, but I, I, I really, really love this free dance. And I think that it, it highlights their strengths and Olivia is so beautiful. I love her costume. She just nails the packaging. She's it's really so good. The pale green. Yeah. I literally want to like mm-hmm. wear that dress. Like, I would buy that dress. Like it's yeah. so gorgeous. And she looks so good in it. And like, it's, it's such a fun program. Like I have not been a fan of them like for mm-hmm. most of the time I'm watching skating, but honestly, this, that was fun. I yeah. can't be mad. Um, Tessa is a commentary. Oh my God, she's so good. You know, I think she's incredible. Rod Black, Rod Black retired because he knew he couldn't compete with Tessa. Right? He he heard the gossip from CBC. They were chattering that Miss Tessa Virtue, greatest of all time, was about to guest commentate for Skate Canada's rhythm dance and free dance, and he ran. He packed his bags and ran and the road to the olympics section tessa needs to be in, in beijing like she's i going to she be, can, she's going to be i she, know it. she can be the canadian tana yeah i think also tessa would be so good for doing like i know you know how they have like like the interviews on like the sidelines i think tessa uh-huh. would be really good at that because she's so like she's so prepared and she had like genuinely like very nice things to say and like good critiques and commentary which is so charismatic like uh-huh. i Tessa needs to become like the main CBC commentator for dance. And I, th- I think she could also do single skating, in my opinion. You think she'd ever work for NBC like uh, Tracy Wilson does or, or just CBC? <sighs> just because she, it's like getting Tessa no. to commentate for you? No, because her brand is with Scott. Like Americans know her as Tessa and Scott, not Tessa. Right. Right. And I think it would be really hard however if Scott was coaching and was like a main coach I think they'd be able to do it on NBC Mm. because I think American audiences are very invested in her but I think she's more of a household name Mm. um in Canada and you know CBC does have to compete um I think she'd be better for Canada though because I think her 
her Canadian charm works a little bit more on the CBC than on NBC. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say, though, she did have her, like, kind of critical moments, which I w- I'm just obsessed with. There was a silence where she, like, when she asked, like, her fellow commentators, like, oh, is this really an Olympic free dance about Piper and Paul's free dance? And that just killed me. Well, we, well, so funny. well, we know Piper and Tessa don't like each other. Well, the thing is, is that, like, Paul has a history of also just, like, like running people over in in like in in warm-ups and that is like so egregious like there's that clip of Scott just absolutely like yelling at him being like get out of the way Paul um I will always remember Piper and Paul like trying to run down John Luke and Caitlin at the 2018 IDF free skate warm-up because Piper and Paul were ahead of them after the rhythm dance and Piper and Paul needed to get the ahead of them in order to go to the Grand Prix final, which was obviously in Vancouver that year. And I think they they were all the alternates because of that. And I will always remember them trying to run them down. And I was like, they're literally 10 years younger than you. Like, get over yourself. Um, but yeah, and then Caroline and Michael. So good. Oh favorite. my gosh. They are our favorites. Also, check Caroline, out our I love you. Check out my interview with Caroline um, Green, which I did over the summer. She is a sweetheart. She is such a star. Like, we love her. I'm so glad people discovered their incredible skating. Um, there was that moment where, was it Tessa like thinking that their lift was a station, was it a stationary lift? Yeah, um, yeah. When it actually wasn't just because it was so damn challenging. Like she knows who they are. Like that makes me so happy. Um, and, uh, also Marjorie and Zach, that broke me the moment in the, uh, in the kiss and cry where Zach like saw their scores. Like he was a depressed real bird. He was so sad. That poor guy. I know. Also, okay. Um, you know, shout out to Marjorie. She would talk to her this summer as well. I feel like this, the like second group of ice dance here was like sponsored by, uh, by our podcast like yeah we like, like literally we, interviewed we know them, them. we love them <laughs> I was like we I was like like this is the this is the crossover we didn't know we needed yeah um but no yeah I best love their rhythm dance love their free dance best set of programs I am so depressed watching them because they will literally put out something like that that's fantastic and then they get underscored like insane amounts like I am just I'm, I'm depressed for them like and the picture of the mask with the beak and Zach is like so sad I'm like oh that like I really really love them and I think that people are watching and knowing like they're being underscored um I just think Canada needs to like figure out if they want to they want to get the bronze medal now and never and never get in like Olympic medal and dance for another 10 years or you know maybe get fourth and get a get a dance medal at the next Olympics um mm-hmm. but I don't know it's just like the fact that Diana and Gleb outscored both of them I was like are you kidding me well literally traumatizing <laughs> after the season we'll we'll be able to mourn our favorite careers but yeah like Diana and, and then Christina and Anthony don't, <laughs> don't even want to talk about it that was so bad I am so sad like you guys know how I love Christina Anthony like I've always thought they were really talented and just like needed like a little push to get them to this level but 
I'm going to have faith, you know, I think this season is okay to make mistakes, but I will not lie if I cried seeing that score. Um, and going off of that, I think I would not want to be, you know, Skate Canada, Skate Canada with, um, I got a call from Marie France after the free dance being like, why did you do my teams like that? Mm-hmm. Because it was just like atrocious. And like, yes, like the narrative, like Gadbois bad inflation, but like, they're genuinely better. Like they have better programs, they have better packaging. Like they deserve to be higher. Like, I don't know why we're lying to ourselves sometimes. Um, like, it's just so like annoying to, was so annoying this weekend. Um, especially after like he the- He's a Gadbois shooter. I'm a Gadbois shooter. Well, like, I'm not gonna like lie. Like, I think that, like, I think Marjo and Zach were better than Diana and Gleb and they should have been ahead of them. Uh-huh. And, like, to be, I don't know. It's, like, kind of, like, people talking about, like, like yes, Aliona, like, her scores were inflated, but they were still too low for what she, like, puts out compared to the past, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying they're, like, perfectly fair, but I'm not saying they're, like, fair either. Especially considering what the judges were doing. I don't know what they were on. Also, um, the American judge putting... Michael and Caroline first. That was funny. I'm like, people are getting so mad. That was funny. Caroline, oh my god. Caroline retweeted a tweet saying that judge, the American judge, needs to be investigated. Girl, Caroline why? Girl, you need to worry about yourself and your peers more than tweets. Sorry. Like um, you are liking tweets about like it's like bashing Meghan Markle and like P- pro Piers Morgan tweets. Like, please, please worry work about on, your Twitter life. Work on yourself first. Your, yeah. No, literally, like, so embarrassing, like, so embarrassing. Wait till, wait till Tessa gets a hold, gets a hold of Carol, you know, because, yeah. because Jessica and Megan are best friends. Yeah. Um, no, that was so embarrassing. Also, like, it's, like, they were so good. Like, Carolina Michael deserved the hype. And also, it's not the most egregious skating score we've seen this season. Thank you, the Turkish judge. Yeah, at, thank you. Um, at Nebelhorn, I think it was. That was ridiculous. Anyways, moving on, let's go to Paris. Paris, yes. Um, I will say Paris was one of my favorite, actually was my favorite uh, event this uh, this competition. Um, Suihan, incredible. Um, really, really, really incredible free skate. Um, Daria and Dennis. Daria and Dennis are are one of my favorite teams. Um, I absolutely love them, and it would be a dream for them to be sent to the Olympics. Daria and Dennis are one of the most innovative teams ever. Just like thinking about their lifts, their lift exits, how acrobatic they are, uh, how how just Olympic that that Black Swan free skate is. I would love for them to go to the Olympics. Um, Daria had that really nasty case of mono. And if you've ever had it, or if you know anyone who's had it, it messes with you. It can mess with you for over a year. It can also present itself as like chronic illnesses. Um, if you, you know, if you end up contracting a really bad case of it and it just makes you super lethargic. And to see her doing so well, like 
we love to see that um they did say like you know they did say like they were like we didn't we didn't have a good free skate which is like fair um they're very competitive and they're harsh on themselves um I'm a very competitive person and I probably react the same way I wouldn't like you know I wouldn't parse my words and I wouldn't pretend that it was like super super good but outstanding showing for them that silver medal um Suihan obviously so good um I'm obviously you know one of the biggest fans of them that free skate is just such a magical moment um uh I so um I don't I do think that they could have been scored higher in both the short program 100% should have been short, high, um, scored higher, especially compared to Tarasova and Morozov. And also in the free skate, um, uh, Wenching did have that fall in the triple cell, but overall it was so good. That program is just gorgeous. John Legend's uh, voice with Wenching and Kong's gorgeous, gorgeous skating. We love to see it. We love to see them do well. Um, and yeah, uh, that was really great to see. Um, they did get 145.11 for their free skate and Taras Van Morozov's free skate at Skate Canada got a 142.14. Um, Mishina and Galiamov did get above 150 at, uh, was it Finlandia Trophy, I believe, um, which is really, really, really high. Among those top three pairs, um, we do have, you know, you know, uh, in fourth place, we have uh, Boykova and Kozlovsky, not at this competition, but mm-hmm. fourth place overall in terms of, you know, how I rank uh, pairs teams globally. And they're really, really falling behind, um, uh, you know. So, and I am genuinely very worried for their Olympic spot, actually. Um, I do think uh, reputation and politics should um you know, give them the edge over uh, Dasha and Dennis, but I don't know. I really have a soft spot for Dasha and Dennis, even though I am a very big Boykova and Kozlovsky fan. Um, We did see them last weekend and it was like really hard to watch. I like, I don't even have anything else to say. Like it, it's been tough to see them like on this downwards trajectory after that bronze medal at Worlds. Um, it seems like a completely mental psychological program. And if they're not already working with a sports psychologist, then that's an issue Mm -hmm. Um, because they could be like fifth at the Olympics if hopefully if they go. I just wanted to echo this. I've always loved Darian Dennis. Like ever since I like started watching figure skating and like following the Grand Prix, I love them so much. Like I remember when they made the Grand Prix final and they were like so cute and little. Um, so I'm very happy to see that they're doing well, but obviously I love, um, I love BK as well. So it's hard. It's like all my children are competing against each other. Yeah. Um, but I do think that like Trostova and Morozov and, um, I like, can't remember, uh, Mish, is it Mishina and Galiamov? Who were? MG. Yeah, yeah, Mishina and Galiamov. Okay, 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 okay. Um, they have those first two spots locked up. I do think I would give the edge to Trasova and Morozov at this point in time. Yeah. Um, I agree. Which, but also they're like as inconsistent as like, you know, as the weather. Um, yeah. Who knows if they'll actually maintain that. But I think the new politicking of it all will help them, I think. Um, but I don't know if a Terry is going to be able to deal with them, you know, dealing with te- like 15 year old girls is very different than full grown adults who have like lives and 
stuff like that. But I think I agree, like there's, there is that group of top four and you have that group of top three as well. And it's gonna be interesting to see how things shake out. Um, this weekend, you know, most notable because it was the James Radford pairs debut on the Grand Prix circuit. Um, would like to bring up the fact that people were like, oh my God, like they're gonna be Olympic champions. Like, no, like they were literally, they were so falling. bad. They were literally they were so falling. bad. I feel so bad that Megan had to watch that and commentate on that. But if I was Megan, I would be watching that so satisfied knowing that I was the one that made our partnership successful. Like just reflect on the quad twists and the quad throws that Megan was able to get out of that partnership and look at the state of Vanessa and Eric's partnership. Um, that was pretty awful. Um, that was pretty awful overall. Um, not great side-by-side jumps, um, very weak, and just like overall weak skating. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, my heart really does break for the other two Canadian teams. And on that note, I know. we'll talk about poor Michael Marinero and Kirsten Moore. The little engine that could, the little engine that could. I am like manifesting so hard for them to like have a kick-ass second Grand Prix because Things were going so well until the aborted lift. So well. And they also got dinged by the tick panel and that first lift, unfortunately. But really that wouldn't have been like, I don't think that it would have been a massive issue if they didn't abort that last lift because apparently um, they started, like their hands got mangled and they like attempted that first lift for, like a few seconds and then they like reattempted it. And that's why they got dinged on that one too. And their score was so low, but oh my God, Michael, that skate was going so well. Like it was such a moment. It was so beautiful. Uh, Julie Marcotte choreography, by the way, works like a charm on them. Like they are the team that has like the most gorgeous choreography from Julie Marcotte and I love it. And I know. Um, it was just so gorgeous. Kirsten looks phenomenal. She always looks beautiful with that big smile of hers. And I know they, oh my God, the- they were just defeated. They were just defeated. And like I know. seeing Michael in that kiss and cry, the little engine that could. So I talked about this earlier, if you've seen my Twitter, but Michael Marinero, when he was like novice and like a junior, and even before that, even as like a you know, as a kid and like a teenager, he was like dead last at, at competitions when he was a single skater. Um, they would be like hockey players placing above him. And Michael is not someone who has that like natural skating talent. And it is very beautiful to see Kirsten and Michael kind of really grow with one another as skaters. Um, mm-hmm. There's one thing I, one thing that is a, is a recurring issue with Michael, unfortunately, is that upper body strength. It's really, really not there. Um, their twist looked even worse than usual, which sucks. It was short and it was not great. Um, but my God, watching their list is always like, you, you know, there's a disaster coming and the aborted lift like does make me so sad. But when that upper body strength isn't there, when you're a pair skater as a man, that is mm-hmm. not good. And it shouldn't just be the the woman who's, you know, who's using her core strength and arm strength to do most of the work. And sadly, it's kind of the case with Kirsten. And just, I really do have a soft spot for this team because when I do like their skating, like, I, I mean, it's completely unironically. I really do like their skating. Um, I remember, I'll always remember that four continents in 2019 where they got first after the short program. And it was such a moment. I'm always going to remember that because I like, 
I think it was like the first time I had watched a big international competition live because it was like it was in it was in Anaheim so it was like the time zone and it was it was such a moment and again like the tweet that Kristen put tweeted out it was like picture of her from 2009 I think like her first skate Canada and her last one with Dylan and Dylan like next to her oh my god yeah that like emotional trauma um but that's just something that I think is just really sad to say and I'm going back to Rosie's article in the star um I'm gonna actually pull up and read some quotes from it because I thought they were quite damning and I think pretty like good representation of how people feel about this whole situation um Skates Canada is really neglecting the skaters that they've invested in or those that you know will pay dividends in the future for this team that like are flops like they like why would you invest so much money and like energy and resources and politicking for a team that's not going to be here next year they're literally just going to go to the Olympics and they probably won't do better than Kristen and Michael would have done mm-hmm. um like um yeah sorry I'm like scrolling and trying to find it on my Twitter feed yeah um one oh I also do want to mention from Skate Canada um, or Skate America um I really 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 wish we did a recap only because I would love to wax poetic about um Rigu and Ryuchi um who represent Japan like I know I listed the fourth in the world right now in like Nini Nila rankings but like in my dream rankings Riku and Ryuchi would win a silver medal at the Olympics and every single day it is becoming more and more realistic they were so damn good and their scores that gives me hope for figure skating and like you'll never catch me saying that but wow they were phenomenal um exactly they are so good and then they have like such a good team around them I think Megan is great because she really just brings that energy and that like, that, like so much that focus like I am obsessed like when they all, when like everyone in the rink wore the Team Japan gear to celebrate them, like getting that medal at Skate, at Skate America, I was like, oh my God, y'all are so cute. Mm-hmm. So the quote I want to read from Rosie's article is, James and Radford are in a grubby bid for a potential podium finish, although they're old and don't have the polish of a long haul team. Um, Like, I think that tells a lot in terms of like, kind of captures, like they, oh, Yes, they were successful, but doesn't mean they were good. Like Eric and Vanessa, especially, like I do think they are the least talented in their partnerships. Yeah. Um, they're the least talented. And yeah. like, I, I mean, Morgan, obviously, I despise him. Um, I do think he was better than Vanessa as a pair of skaters, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, one team I'd also love to talk about is Minerva and Nolan. They are so, so, so good. Um, absolutely phenomenal side by side jumps. Uh, beautiful you know beautiful step sequences beautiful Mm -hmm. their edge quality is phenomenal Minerva is so good um and there's just this crispness to their skating um which I really love and the free skate was unfortunate but the thing is is that this team has time to grow and we'll see what happens with um the internal competition within Germany but I really do hope that they're sent to the Olympics and one day they do get that Aliana Sovchenko treatment with their scores because they are phenomenal skaters um mm-hmm. yeah uh and um you know Ashley and Timothy that was you know good for them um Mm-hmm. for getting on that podium I think that that skate was what they needed especially because Ashley was suffering from that really awful case of COVID and 
um, you know, she's like really had a rough past few years. And um, I will say though, we did see Jessica and Brian uh, last week and Alexa and um, what's Alexa's partner's name again? Um, Brandon, Brandon. Brandon. Alexa and Brandon looked fire. They're they were so good. They I'm were so sorry. Like Alexa's probably the most talented Paris skater we've had like ever. And she was held back by Chris for so long. Yeah, like, she imagine if, was, yeah. Like imagine if she wasn't partnered with Chris. Like imagine if she was like with like, I mean, not Brandon because Brandon's like so much younger than her. But like if she was with like a good male Paris skater, like, oh my God, they are selling it so hard. Like I'm obsessed with their programs. They're so good at their hair's elements and the performance. Um, and going back to Timothy and Ashley, I really think that they just are, you know, they had that really strong year in 2018 when they went to Worlds and got the two spots back for the U.S., um, but I don't think that they are doing enough to make that second spot for the Olympics, yeah. just flat out. Um, I don't think it's looking good for them, especially since Jessica and Brian were so strong at Skate America. Like, this was a really rough outing for Timothy and Ashley. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I, I think that their free skate was like fine and it's what they needed, but definitely not what they yeah. needed compared to like Jessica Bryan, who um, were able to come back after that, you know, that, you know, them uh, getting, you know, that the, the doping allegation and everything. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, why don't we move on to men's um, uh, final results? Nathan Chen in first place, second place. Um, uh, Jason? Jason Brown and third place Evgeny Semenenko and I will say Evgeny Semenenko you are a star you are a star this master margarita program it is fire it is way better than Anna Sherbakova's it is way better and I will proudly say that and I hope that those who agree with me were gonna be best friends because that was fire he was selling it even with the mistakes he makes like he jumps and I cannot believe that he lands them right I am obsessed with like how the Russian men lately have had like these like amazing performers like they are like selling it like every single performance is like they are the they are like an artist who is retiring like last night and it's like so fun to see like the skaters getting so in but like amazing weekend for Jason Brown you know he knows with his TES that he can't really you know compete with Nathan unfortunately but you know, amazing programs. He's so strong. And especially after his injury over the summer, it's great to see him, you know, performing at that high level, getting those scores, going clean. Um, he had pented the quad in the free skate. Um, he was a clean, a little bit of step out, a little bit of wobble, but he landed it. And as again, as I talked earlier, you know, you talk about something for so, so long and people are waiting, they're waiting for you to do it. And once you do it, that's kind of like what they need to be like, yes, we are behind you. 100 percent um nathan obviously won the event huge comeback excuse me huge comeback from last week's disappointment at skate america where he did do really horribly in the short program and what wasn't enough in the free skate so making first i know i am very happy about that because maybe my fantasy is gonna go well um last week was quite disappointing for me and my fantasy team uh, I don't know what I'm yet though, but shout out to anything GOEs and Sarah for running fantasy this year. It's an amazing way to get people involved and get into it. And I highly encourage all of you, if you are not already doing skating fantasy for the Grand Prix, to do it. It is so fun. Obsessed. I love it. Um, the other men at the competition, 
you know, we had Shunsato and Keiji Tanaka as well. Um, Keiji, you know, really is trying to hold on to that third spot for the male skating. He had an okay free program. I wish that he, the music is just kind of meh in there. Um, for Keiji, he didn't perform that well in the free skate, but we also had Keegan Messing as well, you know, really strong short program, very meh in the free program. And bad. that was bad. It yeah. Had, there needed to yeah. be a concussion, um, proper concussion protocol. And I was honestly scared that he had broken teeth just based on how hard those falls were. Um, it was bad. And like, it was like a bad skate. Um, he looked so good in the beginning of the program, but my God, those falls. I know. With him. And to see a skater like that, Keegan is so good, by the way. Like, when he's on, he, he is on. Like, I think he, I think for him, I think he's like a short program skater. Like, short program skater and free skate skaters. Like, he's such a short program skater because, like, his first three jumps of the program are, like, always really clean. Like, he did all, he did all, he did his quad combo, his quad, and his, I forget what his third jump was in the free skate, but they were all, like, clean. Like, nice. And then, like, things just, like, really fell apart afterwards. And that's just something that I, it's just so sad because I love his skating. I much prefer him over Nam and I would, I like to see Keegan at the Olympics um, and competing in the team event over Nam. But I don't know if, you know, the Canadian men have this curse of inconsistency. It's like, who is the least inconsistent? And they yeah. both wildly differ from program to program, from yeah. competition to competition. I think Keegan's like fine to be sent to the Olympics, but it's definitely between Roman honestly no it's it's definitely between any other man who doesn't utterly flop at canadian nationals and right now i think it's going to be the team is going to be um keegan and nam and they also have like that exactly. thing that like i know skate canada and cbc will really love for the olympics but roman didn't did bad he was so bad at this competition i know he was um you know got 10th in the short program 11th and the free skate and he got last overall um just not a great week for canadian skating besides piper and paul winning you know the ladies you know about expected and the, obviously Kristen and michael didn't do as well expected and you know vanessa and eric so many resources have been poured into them for them to have a result like that and then the men as well you know conrad didn't have a great skate either it's just tough, yeah. tough times. Yeah. Connor Hard has, times. Yeah. Connor has not been doing well for a few years. Mm -hmm. and he's like incredibly talented too. Um, Joseph Fon too. Um, both skaters who were emerging as like, like, you know, top Canadian junior skaters. And now it's just like, it's just like sad to see the state of Canadian skating, state of Canadian skating um, with the exception of ice dance. dance. And most of that is because of Marie France. Like, if Marie France was not pushing, we would only have one team, yeah. pretty much. Like, she was able to make Tessa and Scott and then also set up um, Lawrence and Nick and then Marjo and Zach. Yeah. Um, so uh, just to, you know, end this episode, um, I did ask uh, people who follow me, um, what were their favorite and kind of least favorite moments from Skate Canada? Uh, that they will mm -hmm. essentially never forget and um, we did get uh, you know a few a few responses and I'm going to be sharing them right now 
Um, so Cece, I want to first ask you, what were your favorite and least favorite moments of Skate Canada? Um, favorite moment, Wakaba landing the triple axel. And, um, And the and, and and the first two jumps of Keegan Mess and Things pro program for only the first two because the rest were like horrible. But the first two, like I swear, Canadians have like springs in their feet. Like yeah. him and Caitlin Osman have the most like springy jumps I've ever seen in my entire life. Definitely, definitely. So my favorite moment was um, okay. I, I have a few favorite moments. So okay, okay. Um, one, simply seeing Aliana's different programs because um, her winner and her Beth Hart were just like so bad. And also um, her bringing back Twilight for her exhibition. And yeah, no, Twilight was really, really good. Her triple flip and triple sako looked gigantic. And um, mm -hmm. uh, my, you know, my other favorite moments are uh, Wakaba successfully landing the triple axle and also Mana landing the triple axle. And honestly, all of the ladies um, for landing solid triple axles. They were so good. Um, Carolyn and Michael, um, their free dance. I'm such a big fan. Oh my God, yeah, that's so good. Free dance, it is incredible. Um, uh, uh, Dennis and Daria's like their like their triple twist exit, and also just like their lifts in general. It is so cool. They're just the coolest team. And also just seeing Sween Han here. Oh my god, I keep talking. I have too many favorite moments. But also <laughs> Jason Brown, he is so good. He is so. Oh good my god, Jason Brown, I love him. Because that free skate was disastrous, and I honestly didn't. I don't even know how he won a silver medal. Like, he was surprised himself. And that should tell you enough about the state of, like, men's skating. Um, but, yeah. I think that's about it. Um, so, I am going to read um, what people reply to my tweet. So, um, uh, Burnblad on, tw uh, on Twitter said, I felt like I saw a completely different side to walk about during her short program, and I love it so much. Jason probably had his best short program with his current music, and my, with a bunch of crying emojis, uh, and also, you know, Eric and Vanessa not doing well was great, and also when Tessa said in the commentary that a certain someone always sang during their program, so Scott always sang during their programs, and Aww. it's always such, like, it, it warms your heart to hear Tessa and Scott talk each other, talk, talk about each other, um, and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Wenjing, uh, or Wenjing with a Q, Sui on Twitter said, uh, Sui Han being Sui Han, PK's uh, throw loop on the beat and their programs in general, Mana and Wakaba's triple axles, Scott being Scott, Tessa's commentary, and I guess the ladies event, which I'm guessing is their least favorite, I think. And um, Curve Lifts on Twitter said, Mai's reaction to her short program, GF's choreo slide move in there free, um, whatever the F that lady scoring was, which is, I'm guessing, their least favorite. Um, PK's triple twist exit, SH in general. Scott's kiss and cry faces. I agree with it. He is such an extrovert. And, like, you can totally see what he's doing. He's, so, he's so expressive. I love and, it. And, like, as someone who, like, literally cannot hold my emotions, like, like yeah. secret to save, like, my freaking life. Like, yeah. if I'm mad, you know I'm mad. If I'm happy, you know yeah. I'm happy. And, like, uh, I relate with that so much. Like, I'm horrible to play on poker and I'm sure Scott is the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Gems on Twitter said, Olga Ryabenko actually doing her job with Costo's uh, short program Dress for Once, which I completely agree with. And Yuna was Rob 14 on Twitter said, Jason's short program, Suihan everything, Mana and Waka's 3A, Mana and Waka and Mana and Hands uh, free skate. And um, mm -hmm. 
toe lasso lift says mana brand persons free dance and pk and and the waltz on twitter says mana and walk of us three a's suihan being underscored and still breaking two two uh 224 lila and lewis being dropped big time in ice dance still not having their illegal lift calls perks of having having Hillary, uh, Hillary Shelby on the tech panel, Carolyn and Michael, lukewarm reception of GP. And in general, these were like, you know, the general sentiment of other people that replied. And also um, Skate Skates on Twitter was really excited about Aliona's triple axel in the short program. And yeah, I agree with all of this. Thank you so, so, so much for um, to our listeners for also being so patient because I know it's been so long since our last episode but I promise we are back hopefully for two episodes a week you know minimum one episode but um, we are on opposite sides of the world but I can assure you no, are I watching. miss being on the same time zone as you I know me too but I'll be back soon I'll be back in January and um, in the meantime please follow MBAOM podcast on Twitter and also follow us on Instagram for any updates and um we are going to be back with interviews um so i'm really really excited about that you know we love interviewing people we love talking to skaters so thank you so much to everyone that listens catch you on the flip side see you next week bye bye bye